You can check out all the episodes of the Table of Truth on our website, www.tableoftruth.com. Everybody, the table of truth. This is your man Cam. With me today is Yo, what's going on? This is your man and aka New Vision. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is your other man Cam with a K uh, via satellite from San Jose 408. Mm-hmm. And we are back after uh. You know, watching a bunch of uh, Black Power movement stuff from 13 documentary to Luke Cage and all that in between. Um, I actually uh, recently attended the uh, New York Comic Con, which was two weeks ago. But prior to that, I got to go to a Luke Cage screening of the first two episodes in the movie theater, which was dope. But what was cool was um, I got to sit next to the um, the writer and the artist that do Power Man and Iron Fist currently in the Marvel Universe. And so mm-hmm. we're talking, chopping up with them about that, you know, we both, we, one, with um, them and their wives and then me and the homies and a couple other guys, we pretty much were the black people in the theater. There was packed theater, <laughs> maybe, maybe 15 black people in the whole thing. And we're watching Luke Cage. So like, we would laugh at certain parts and, and no one else would. And then people in the background would be like, why are they laughing for? <laughs> <laughs> and Sweet so, Christmas. So, but it was cool because it was one of those things where like, I kind of wanted to watch the whole Luke Cage on like big screen. Cause it was just, it was just, it was good, you know? Plus the music was mm-hmm. amazing and all that, but we'll get back and we'll get into that later. But anyways, the cool thing about that was after the show, we all started talking about Luke Cage, talked about uh, black creatives and creators. And one of the things that the writer, uh, David Walker, shout out to him, was saying was that, you know, with, the dropping of Luke Cage and how the impact it's making, he was like, the next year is pretty much black creatives year to lose. Um, if they don't you know, get their stuff together, put stuff out, because a lot of people are now looking at a lot of black creators and a lot of pro- um, properties that aren't, that, you know, the, the mainstream guys are gonna start pushing all the black stuff, you know, Black Panther's coming out and okay. um, those type of things. But he was saying, he's like, if you're creative, you have your story, you have your own thing, like start, get, start, you know, get your following, push it out there. It's like, even if you don't have a crazy following, just being consistent and having a good product, what's happening is a lot of execs are starting just to look. And now that they're looking, they're seeing these guys, people like, oh, you got a little following over there, you got a little following over there, and they're gobbling it up and they're starting to throw money at the, the young creators to start to develop these properties. So it was kind of like um, just encouraging people. It was just like, yeah, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're a black artist or a creator or a writer or director, whatever you do, you need to be doing it now and getting it out there because a lot of people are looking at us to, like, to, to find that next Black Panther, that find that next Luke Cage type of thing. Okay. But yeah, it was dope. No, it was just a really good conversation. And like when I went to Comic-Con, I met um, two uh, Kickstart, two Two groups of guys that um, that have their own Kickstarters, but they had their own stories, and I follow them actually already on you know, Instagram. So it was cool to meet them in, in person and got like some swag and talked about what they were doing. And one of the guys, um, I think the guy picked up to do a pilot for their um, their black uh, anime show. And another guy, he did a comic strip um, called Bounce on Instagram. And so what he does is every post he puts on Instagram is like a full comic, and it's really funny. His time as a bouncer, 
but I think he's even him. He's been doing some big things too. So really cool to talk to a lot of the black ed- uh, illustrators and writers that were at Comic-Con. Okay. Um, is it fair to say that everybody in this chat has watched Luch Cage? Amen. Yep. Yes, sir. And what are our initial thoughts of Luke Cage so far? I'll let you, you want to go first, Cam, or you want to go first? No, nah, go ahead, Aaron. Well, the one thing, one of them I took, you know, I noticed, which I love, was they kept the essence of New York in it all the way out from pictures of Biggie Smalls and you seeing some Method Man. They, they kept, they kept, they kept it the New York essence, which since well one I'm since I'm not there anymore I it, I just it's felt kind of cool I feel like I was home again watching that movie they didn't it it wasn't off base it was right on point with everything the slang how they talk everything mannerism everything was New York it wasn't fake to me and I really appreciate I really appreciated that so that that was one of the big things I took from the, took from the show now as far as the acting amazing I have no complaints whatsoever. What the only thing I could no, it was I have no complaints. So I'm gonna let do y'all. You? I'm gonna, I have no. Wait, I'm do not, you have a complaint or do you do you not have a complaint? No, I do. No, I, I don't have any complaints. I wish I wish Kyle Mouth would have would have lasted a little bit longer, only because he was funny to me. <laughs> Kyle Mouth, that laugh he had was hilarious. So I kind of wish they had kept him on all the way to the end of the season, because to me I think he was more appealing than um um his brother. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler I, alert. He's <laughs> been out for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I honestly wish Kyle Moth was in it longer. That was like my only, my only, my only take. But I, I, I won't. I'll let y'all go finish up that, and then I'll, I'll jump back in. Uh, Cam, since you work at Marvel, well, how's your take and reception or reaction being a part of the uh, system now? Uh, <laughs> live from the belly of the beast. Yeah. Um. Uh, actually, you know what? When I watch, we watch, I watched over the weekend and went to work, and we we're talk, talking to people, and like you know, we're all fanboys and stuff. So I think on one end, the fanboys are automatically going in with the negatives, the parts that they didn't like. Uh, they kind of looked at me, they're like, "Okay, what'd you think?" And I had to try to like kind of calm them down. I'm like, "All right, first, I like as a black person, she was awesome." <laughs> I was like, now as a fanboy, I can poke holes and like this and that. But as a black person, this shit was bananas, dude. Like it was extra black, like just extra, like dripping, and and positive. And honestly, they did it. I can tell that the creators did that on purpose, twofold. One, knowing that they might not get another shot, so they're trying to just swing for the fences. But then two, they really wanted to have it be like kind of like what Aunt said, as authentic as possible. And I think. um uh, I was talking to a writer um, and white dude, and he was just like, "Yeah, you know, there were so many m bombs. It felt like it was a white dude that was writing for black people just so he could feel authentic." <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was. <laughs> but it, it, but it, I, he's yeah. like, so and we started laughing because we're all just like, "Oh, like Tarantino," but we're like, "No, but we know, living in New York, that this is how people talk. Yeah. And it, it's authentic, so it's it not makes, like yeah. you know." And and uh, having the extra part where. You know, Luke Cage says he doesn't like people saying the word nigga. At least it balances out for his specific character. So who, in the world. let me ask you a question. Who wrote it? Is he a black or white guy? Oh, it's a black dude. Okay. Yeah, it was Chio. Uh, oh, man. Chio Hadari Parker, I think it's his yeah, full name. Yeah, Coker. Is it? Coker. Coker. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so he, you know, yeah. he's from a, the, he wrote Notorious. He wrote the, the screenplay for the movie. He worked in Source, mm. you know, and, um, and I re- I watched or I read a couple of interviews with him, and one of the things he said was he actually pitched a, a, a Power Man and Iron Fist 
show as one. Yeah. That was his pitch, but they act, but it was Marvel that actually was like, nah, give them each their own. Let let Luke Cage have his own story, and then we can combine them. But we want him to be authentic and kind of yeah. have his own thing, which I thought was a smart, smart Marvel thing. Yeah, and I and I think it actually resonated better. And Marvel's not stupid; they know a larger percentage of um, black people are starting to uh, consume a lot of their media, whether it's the movies, whether it's the comics. So they were they're definitely on a capitalistic uh, endeavor. But it was smart that they kind of like. All right, Luke Cage, this is your time to shine. Let's make yeah. it happen. Yeah, even adding PB Kirkland in a barbershop picture. Like, it was just little things how they added in. It was like, oh, you seen that? You seen that? It, 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 they just did it perfect, man. It, it didn't seem like somebody from New York, you know, was bullshit. Everything was on point. To the point, like you said, where maybe it might have been uncomfortable or you might not know what the hell they're talking about, what they're saying, but that's just what it is. That's in New York. We're going to haul them. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and, and Cam? Um, to be honest, I never really was in the Luke Cage. Uh, you know, coming up in the comic scene and whatnot. And I'm not a diehard comic geek, but I do enjoy my a good read from time to time. And, uh, you know, just to see Luke Cage on a larger platform because you know the history of Luke Cage he looked kind of cheesy and the writing was from a certain era and it was like jive talk and that type of slang from uh-huh. get back to me. so I didn't know how to take it you know yeah and you know previous appearances he had been in Jessica Jones as a minor character and you know I didn't really think too much of it until I started seeing the buzz behind it I saw the trailer and so for me, initially, when I saw the trailer, not only, you know, again, let me repeat that as all of us are African-American being black and seeing a prominently black superhero be put in the forefront like a Black Panther, uh, like, uh, I mean, who else do we have that like Spider-Man nowadays, you know? So I was pretty juiced on that. But I mean, initially, when I first saw it, I was like, yo, they got Wu-Tang music, mm-hmm. Kung Fu references. Chinese food restaurants. I'm, with, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Like I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. So I didn't even like really trip on it. I mean, they had Shimmy Shimmy Out as the original score for a scene they was doing for a trailer. And I was like, y'all gotta watch this. Being a big Wu Tang aficionado. Um, after watching it, it was pretty cool because the fanboy in me was like, this is dope. Yeah. Uh, however, coming back, uh, I, I have yet to watch it again. But I've also seen the other side. I wouldn't necessarily call it. It's just a different critique, a little harsher critique, you know, because most of yeah. us. As an artist, that's, and I was, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, the, what you mean by harder critique? Right. Like, what do you mean when you say that? Well, I, okay, so I'll, I'll do my part first. What we did was, um, so a couple things. Uh, some of the fanboys at work, you know, they can all, they all admit that the, the Netflix shows are various levels, mm-hmm. like, Half of Daredevil was dope, and then it kind of teetered off. Uh, Jessica Jones was cool, but it wasn't like amazing, you know. Like, and like, I'm not a fan of the Jessica Jones series. I thought I, I like everyone around her. I didn't really like her particularly. Mm-hmm. But even with Luke Cage, I watched it first as a black person, freaking awesome. Now as a creative, uh, the writing was a little hokey. Uh, there, but it was on purpose because you know it's a comic book, but it still had like almost a Shaft element. And sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. What I liked about it was when he was too corny. Another character would call him out, being man, that was corny. <laughs> but wasn't that, that was wasn't good. that on purpose though? 
and that those parts were, but there was other parts where like the writing for Luke Cage and this was not as strong as the writing for Luke Cage in Jessica Jones is because of two different types of writers. That okay. was the one. The other one that I actually really agreed with was the world that they showed in Luke Cage didn't seem like it would be the same world as Jessica Jones and Daredevil purely because Jessica Jones Daredevil make New York look shitty and freaking dark and everything sucks. <laughs> and Luke Cage had this like glimmer of hope and a little bit more of a gloss to it. But they Harlem. had to make it Harlem though. No, no, no. And, and, and then that's when my second, my third point was because they made a Disney-fied version of Harlem. They want, mm-hmm. they made the Harlem that they, that black people wish or want to be real. Want to be, exactly. As opposed to what it, what it really is now because daytime, Harlem was mad white people. Nighttime, it looks like that. <laughs> but, yeah. so I think those are the little critiques where, like, you know, you can start to poke holes in some of the writing. Some things started kind of felt a little, like, I thought all the villains were awesome. Like, top to bottom was so much fun. So they went a little bit of Meteor Man at the end. That was weird. But, I mean, it still was cool. It still worked. So I think Luke Cage worked, and I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed this watching experience better than trying to slug through, like, Daredevil. Like, the first half up until Punisher, awesome. Yeah. Right when Electra came, but, you know. So artistically, you could go in and poke a lot of holes into it. But I think as a as a whole, I think it works a lot better than a lot of the other series. Yeah, I kind of I can concur with that, and I'm gonna piggyback on. I'm not to cut you off, Ant, but um, you know, I was uh, l- uh, listening to one of my filmmaking friends, and he said, you know, he could get behind, a, you know, uplifting uh, a powerful black male singular hero, and you know that never that rarely happens for many who watch a lot of TV or you know, pay attention to these things, but uh, even he had challenges with the uh, ideas of single heroes and uh, being an exceptional individual. Yeah, yeah. And he, he said, uh, just like you talked about, he said the narrative gave him some trouble. He said, uh, especially the handling of the police, police brutality, the criminality and its relation to citizens and the system around it, and, the, and also the idea of Harlem existing like some kind of Narnia, which yes, you also exactly. mentioned. Yep. That remained unchanged where self-determination and self-actualization for black folks is constant. And it made it just difficult to accept that time period. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, it, for him being a storyteller, he had to go back and reanalyze the image of ourselves through fiction. You know, um, and also another uh, person, I was just, you know, peeping a dialogue. And he said the television show... Um, Luke Cage had like some of the same negative historical depiction of, of people of African ancestry with the exception of having a superhero quote unquote that's a person of African American ancestry and he said the story unfolds with you know Luke Cage cleaning up the black community spending most of his time and energy fighting unlawful black people but the show maintains a narrative that criminalizes people of African ancestry and the Latin community is criminalized as well. Yeah, he also went to say that what? the show isn't new. We've seen this before. And the fight of African ancestry to fight white supremacy and sexism and empower people to create social change. Hmm. Well, I, I could counter that by saying what I'm about to say is going to turn to our next topic we're going to talk about at least when they show Luke Cage in prison, I guess it showed that not all men are lunatics and crazy. So I guess maybe they had to make it on a political standpoint that, you know, you see black people coming from prison or how they look and how they talk. And you would assume that they're a, a savage. And at the end of the day, this guy ended up being a good guy and a hero. So I could look at it that way, too. That Stop judging us and just see, see us for who we are. Because because right off top, you, 
Luke Cage does look menacing, hoodie or not. That motherfucker look like a crazy black dude who's ready to knock you the hell out. But but deep down inside, he's like a goddamn militant care bear. So I look at it on on both on both sides. Like it's good that they show, you know. Not, 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 we're all not, not crazy. So I look at it that way too. So yeah, I thought it was good that they um like I like the conversations they had about like the kung fu stuff, and I like a lot how they talked about the Knicks and how they had the um uh, uh, yeah Robinson and old James Baldwin Nick. and freaking Donald mm-hmm. Goings. I was like, you have a whole bunch of black kids going on Google Donald Goings. Who's that? Who's this? Yeah. yeah, that part was dope. I think the um. Another guy was saying, you know, all the he's about besides the actual named characters who are a lot more fleshed out and had a little bit of depth to them. Anyone that wasn't a named character was basically there for the plot. So like, you know, Thug Number One, Thug Five, the Big Thug, the funny, you know. And it was funny because like I was like, you know, that's actually a good point. You didn't really get too much depth into any of the non-essential characters as opposed to just being the Latino Thug or the, exactly. the basketball player. And so so that was kind of, again, reinforcing the same type of uh, tropes that we've seen in other shows, where like, you yeah. know, the black people are the thugs, or they're, I play basketball, now I'm trying to do some dirt. Like, you know, like those same mm-hmm. typical type of things. That's why I think it's hard to make a black superhero, because we're gonna get judged no, no matter what, even if it's fake, we're gonna get compared to real life. It, it's just what it is, I think, with a black character. Unless you're, unless you're Black Panther, but we shall see when his movie comes out, Hobby, break that down. Well, I mean, we well, Black Panther's funny because they have to make a whole fictional country to make, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's going to get scrutinized from left and right as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, um, <clears throat> to be fair, I think there are some uh, obvious plot holes and narratives that need to be told. But I think on the other side of the spectrum, I think uh, these these this commentary coming from the uh, African-American community uh, needs to let the story flesh out. It's not just one story done in yep. one season. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. I also believe that um, I think one of our friends had mentioned that, you know, why fight the problems of outside of the black community when we got our own inner problems and we all got our own hero? It's like, you know, the saying is like, why are you going to solve someone else's problem when you got problems of your own? So in order to feel like feel like this is a, a good narrative. It's like, why not have a hero that polices our inner struggle, our inner city? Because um, we always, you know, we can relate that narrative to the cops and how the cops don't know anybody in their own neighborhood because they're outsiders. Right? Luke Cage is, quote unquote, the cop that's policing the neighborhood and making things right, and he knows everybody, but at the same time, you can't be critical of that because the story hasn't really fleshed itself out. We just, begot, we just begun to understand Luke Cage, his world, his background, you know, and all the little nuances that come with being Luke Cage it within that it, within that spectrum. Um, so I can see both sides of it. I just think uh, as black folks, I know we want a dope superhero who can fit that narrative that hits all the plot points and all the social uh, innuendos within it that also relates to our society, but I also got to remember it's a comic. Yep. You know, and it's it served for entertainment. It's entertainment. And if it does extra, that's a cherry on top. But, you know, the comic, you know, no one really cared about Luke Cage until the show. So to have that critique about it is unfair in a sense. I, I guess it got serious when you started adding in, don't say the N word, and black struggles. Once you started adding in real life into 
reality into the fictional, it be, it be, I guess it doesn't mix. I guess we, some people don't want to take it as just a comic book. Yeah, but also, you know, it gets the same, it's going to get the same, you know, scrutiny, like kind of like what the get, the get Down was getting where, you know, people were mad at the Get Down for, you know, taking liberties with certain historical facts. Mm -hmm. But then someone else, one of my friends was like, yeah, but it's a TV show. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you expect, he's like, you know, and one guy, his because he did a full on analysis of like, you know, dates and why this is wrong and this and da 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 da. And then someone else is coming back and like, yeah, but you know, not to say you're not, you're completely right, but you're like, you're expecting a, you know, a TV show to to encompass the full totality of this type of thing, as opposed to being like, oh, you did this part of the of this history. All right, cool. Some parts are cool, some parts are not. All right, let's keep it moving. Now let's let's see what's let's see what else someone got because now that now that the ball is rolling, now you'll see more and more and more as opposed to just having that one. You know? Because you know what it is, Cam. I guess when you talk about black people in their lives, it's very sensitive. So if you're gonna talk about it, you cannot fabricate it. It has to be on point. Unfortunately, that's just I think that's just how people's gonna view it all the time. And I think that's the part that um, like did you guys watch uh, Insecure with Issa Rae. Nah, yes, I saw the first episode. Yeah, I saw the first episode, and I saw like like commentary on it later. But one of the things in one of her interviews, she said she's like, "Yeah, like I just want to make a show where we can show different types of a black woman." He was like, "You know, sometimes black women are boring, and they don't do shit, and they're not they're not strong or freaking take care of the like." He's like, "There are other types of black people," and so that she was saying for her show, that was her whole point. Like her show, mm. I wanted to show the other types of black people. And a lot of times most black people don't want that to be shown because mm -hmm. we, we're already portrayed negatively. And then, you know, if we're going to if we're gonna be shown, let's show us in a positive light as opposed to showing different types of uh, black mm -hmm. people, all of it. And I think Luke Cage, that's the kind of thing they're saying. They're like, ah, they finally got a superhero. And now he's, all he's doing is beating up on black people. <laughs> like, what, what do you want him to do? Go in and slit a bunch of white people's throats like a uh, uh, freaking mafia? I guess, I guess you got to be blade to be a vampire. Then that mm -hmm. lose everything once you're a vampire. Exactly. <laughs> or like uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag where they had the, the yeah. Where you you could go back to Haiti and basically just kill white people all day. Mm -hmm. all, all I know is this, Cam. Since you work in Marvel, you have the end with Rosario Dawson. So all I'm gonna say is, <laughs> if there's any opportunity to get me a one on one with Miss Claire Danes or whatever her name is in the, the storyline, you know she is. She's uh she's Colson of the of the Netflix community. Yeah, like she she gonna be in every single episode and all the uh, shows. Well, oh, you know, wow. but she gonna be in uh, Iron Fist too. So uh, she I'll, so she's in Daredevil. She's gonna be in pretty much every Marvel on Netflix. She's in Daredevil. She's in Jessica Jones. She's yep. in Luke Cage. She's yep. gonna be in Iron Fist. Hey, well, so she's basically you guys watch it or you remember League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? She's yep. basically Dracula's wife. She connects all yep. of them together. All the but, guys. Okay. All I know is I want to give a huge shout out to the women of Luke Cage. Oh. And, and 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 making the term coffee means so much more nowadays. Yo, I'm not I, gonna fuck. I thought the cop mother was the the, the the her boss. They look just alike. Oh, I know, right? They look just alike. I said, "Yo, is that her mother?" I was like, "Yo, yeah, they always yeah, they always bad in that." Yeah. Overall, I mean, overall, overall I love it. <laughs> good, it, good casting, good casting. Yeah. Well, overall, it's more positive than negative. I can't really hate on it. I mean, I, I may watch it again with a filmmaker's eye and be a little bit more critical. But as a fanboy watching the series, I thought it was cool, man. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. And I for someone that didn't know 
too much about Luke Cage outside of him just being bulletproof and badass and having a shaft-like mentality. It was decent, and I'm glad it allowed some brothers to make something cool and mm-hmm. Netflix take that ownership and put the cool stuff out. So more, yeah, more power to them. Exactly. I think that's the best thing. Most people should look at it more as like, if this doing well will help other people that have their ideas and all that to get green lit. Like, oh, black people can make stuff for themselves and about themselves and it does well. <laughs> now, so I think the, that's the best part where it's like, it's good. You need to have the, the over accolades where everyone's like, oh my, this is amazing. But then you also need the critiques of like, yeah, but there's a little writing issues. There's a little bit of this. This just so that, again, when they make their next season, they freaking be, can be better, you know? Well, we shall see when the awards come how far we really have come. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, and to be honest, I mean, on an awards level, you know, Atlanta is the one that's like hitting out, out the park in terms of like what people are like the typical award show. They, yeah. Like, oh, hey, yo. And then now, music-wise, freaking Luke Cage, bananas, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell would even come close to do that. Oh, that soundtrack is amazing. I have to get that. Uh, it, it's amazing. And even even the score too. She was like moving the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I just but, copped the, the Adrian Young vinyl collection of Luke Cage. Just off that alone. That's A plus right there. So, yeah. Yes. But for me, I like I look at it more as even with the get down too. Like, I want people to look at something like the get down and be like, oh, this part was whack. This was good. This is blah blah blah. But at least that would inspire other people to make more stuff yeah. about hip hop or about breaking, about dancing, about rap, like whatever. Just so they it inspires it more, and then other execs that have the money to greenlit these things would be like, oh, well, the get down did pretty well. Yeah, we can greenlit this. So, so more people can tell the stories, you know? Agreed. Mm, yeah. Agreed. So, sh- so shout out to Netflix, because Netflix is really doing the damn thing. Shall we uh, segue into another Netflix yeah. show? Yeah. Um, uh, 13th, anybody? I'm sure everyone of us caught that recently, right? That's been trending on oh, man. social media posts. Very, very powerful. <laughs> powerful. You know what? Powerful. I just want to say... F you to all the people that gave 13th anything less than the four stars on Netflix. Yes, I, was, I looked at it. Netflix. I was like, yo, it's three and a half. What the hell? That's what I said. <laughs> lot of Trump, lot of Trump supporters on Netflix, man. No hate, but <laughs> no. I was like, yo, how are you to give this crazy? You know what? That, that comes down to maybe a couple people voting, either That's- hating. Exploiting the truth. <laughs> yep. Or, 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 or not, not enough, not enough, not enough of us who really care about the mm. documentary are mm. actually voting. So yeah, that's sad, man. That's the first thing I did. I was like, Boop. that was very sad. Yeah, when I saw, I said three stars. How in the world did this get three stars? Like, it's impossible. Exactly. But hey, that was a powerful documentary. Had me, had me in tears, man. I'm, I, I came out of there more afraid and more act frustrated than anything else. I, I was just so mad. I was just... Uh, so the, for everyone else who hasn't, like, seen it, so 13th is a documentary by Ava DuVernay about the 13th Amendment. But deeper than that, it's about the industrial prison complex of America. Basically saying that America's been jailing Negroes for the last, oh, 60 years. <laughs> get, get, and, and, get, that, get that chicken. And, uh, and, and we've been jailed based on the principles of business. Yes. And, and slavery, actually. Slavery. And slavery. Well, yeah, that, that's, but, the, that's the ground rule. But basically, um, they've changed slavery and made it big business. So they've changed keywords. Instead of saying 
the N word. They've used transitional words that criminal. mean the same thing. Criminal, <laughs> you know. Um, and so it it, it really high. The, the the thing about the movie, I don't want to go into too much detail about what the movie's about, but basically, mm-hmm. um, it kind of confirmed what I already knew mm-hmm. when I was on the borderline of kind of knowing. <laughs> it opened my it opened my eyes about some insight that oh, went man. deeper yes. than what than what I could find on the internet mm-hmm. or word of mouth. And it kind of made me upset, but not angry upset, but just like, damn, like, like really, you know, yeah, and pretty much. I was like, that and, some. and we were talking amongst, we, we had a discussion earlier to the folks out there about um, one of our cohorts told us about how our, our 401k funds <laughs> private prisons. Oh, and I made my afternoon too. And that people who have a 401k don't even know they're funding private prisons it's almost to the point where like man like when you think you're doing good you're they not. find a way yes not. yo it really I'm made really. me depressed it made me like i felt like like i don't know nothing like they, i've been being boozled like they're still winning <laughs> it's, 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 it's like even with all the jim crow laws have gone and we passed so many bills and it's like They'll just find another way to get us. And this one, I think, is even more powerful because it's behind closed doors in the shadows. Every day is happening. And there's nothing you can do about it. It, it, it really touched. It really hit me a lot. It, it was That was a deep documentary, man. Well, yeah, because, like, you know, the, the article I was reading on Vice, who's getting rich off the prison industrial complex, and the, the, uh, the documentary segue a lot of the same companies cca uh the geo group and a lot of powerful players who are making money off this big business of jailing not only criminals but minorities that had an unfair uh circumstance that put them in jail because in the beginning what was it the uh if you were a criminal they took your rights away as a citizen and you went to jail, and that puts you back into slavery, even yes. though slavery is abolished. Pretty much. And, and, but also, I think <coughs> what they did was they bet on, they already knew certain things were in place to capitalize on. Wait, say that again, Cam? Yeah, you well, areas have, yeah, they have you know, high unemployment, but the low, low opportunities. All right, now let's just make these laws and then more than likely this set of groups of people will basically be getting will will, will be getting all of them anyway and that's what makes it more crazy because we always talk about how there's always liquor stores and communities that the communities are run down and it's almost like the impression like you push us to the point where people like yo i gotta eat man i'm gonna sell this i'm gonna sell that and it's like they're guaranteeing that these people will be in jail it's like a numbers game and that's what and they're waiting with their hands out and it's like it's it's you can't loot you can't beat this because you tell somebody right now on the street yo don't sell this or don't do that they're gonna be like yo how am i gonna eat not saying that's an excuse it's just just the way how the system is and they're betting and they're betting on it that's why they they get and they're betting on it and waiting for it and they're winning they're kind of like, like, well, we know this is going to happen, so let's set some systems in place so when it yes. does, we get to capitalize on it. They're playing a chess game on 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 people's lives. And when I heard almost, what, what's it, 42% of blacks are in prison? 
Yo, that was it, yo, that, that was mind boggling. Like, yeah, like one in four. Yeah, it's like we're it's at like it's half million. almost. We're like two million. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's an army in jail, pretty much. Like, but, but the military. Know, the real, the one of the one of the realer issues, if that's a word, realer. But one of the issues yeah. that kind of st- stood out to me is, like I said, I was mentioning like how America, under the mask of the Thirteenth Amendment have constantly revised and reformed the way they can keep a person within this indentured slave system. Um, Before I I mentioned when you were a slave and when slavery was abolished, if you became a criminal, Mm -hmm. you became a slave again and your rights were taken. Fast forward how 13th uh, talks about how people are jailed from the 1970s it was about like you know 200,000 prisoners mm-hmm. but it kind of started the new way to keep the people the new Jim Crow that's right uh was like when Rick, uh, Richard Nixon's war on drugs and then you fast forward that to Clinton's three strikes and you're out which recently as of recently Clinton had also uh, uh come to the conclusion that he made a mistake he made a mistake yep <laughs> you know, um, because basically when you look back at all those ways that they were trying to have a war on crime and do this, they were pretty much criminalizing minorities to keep the business going because people were making money off this by by allowing, allowing a system to violate the human rights of a lot of African-American individuals. Yes. The three strikes are out rules. It was it was like as like we said. We, they know people was going to commit three strikes with just little minor incidences. Yep. And much. those little minor incidents, you're getting 20 years. So it was like, you, you make one mistake, you're done. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. And they and they bank on it. I think and they're banking part, on it. That's the part yeah. I don't think people realize, especially when it comes to the privatization of like prisons and stuff like that. And like, even like like Scott was saying with the 401ks, like I've, I knew that from before. That I didn't a, lot know of, that. a lot of people, especially when it comes to pensions, the 401ks, those those pensions are run by people that look for the more safest bets, and so a safe bet is prisons because there's always gonna be more prisoners. Prisons are you know making more money and producing more stuff. So like you know I'm, I want to put you know these five hundred thousand uh four hundred one k people is funds into the prison because I know it's gonna be good you know. Yep, and you know yeah. what I want to give and I want to knock the political too because I didn't realize Affleck was literally giving politicians. Laws. When I seen that, yo, my mouth dropped. I said, "Hold on, this yeah. that they controlling the government. Like yeah. this is this is bigger than what I actually thought it was. Like they're controlling everything, everything, and getting funded by things that we buy every day, use every day. It's just man, it, people, watch this, people. I need to watch this, man. I mean, like, one of the best quotes in the whole thing was like when the the main dude from Alec was like, "Yeah." We want people to not vote because then we could do what we want. Yeah, we could do what we want. And this is the part that a lot of people really don't understand is <clears throat> it's not about necessarily, you know, voting or not voting, but it's more about understanding what is actually going on. Yes. Uh, the bad part about this whole election with Hillary and Trump, Trump's a fucking horrible dude. We all know this, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. But by looking at all the hoopla that Trump's been doing, you're not looking critically at the person that's going to be the yeah, president, which is Hillary. That's right. And and the bigger picture, like your local politics, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I like that they had Charlie Rangel on there, and yep. 
you know, other people were calling him out for the same shit that he was the one because he was with Clinton on some, yeah, jail them all, super predators, yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. he's like, oh, man, that's a We made a mistake. Horrible. Yeah, that's so bad. We should not have done that. That sucks. And so. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Now you can talk, Cam. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just saying, you know, uh, watching the movie 13th, they had a chilling scene when uh, the movie comes on and Trump, with one of the Trump rallies, and you see a lot of angry whites getting violent with yes. black protesters, and it's juxtaposed against clips of civil rights protesters, and then you hear the voiceover in the old Cam, days. Donald Trump is heard me, saying, yes. Yeah, Donald Trump is heard saying approvingly, protesters will be carried out on stretchers, the good old yes. days. Yes, the um, good old days. And yeah. so it's crazy. And like I said, man, it's eye-opening. Like I just got put onto the whole 401k myself. And I used to invest in Fidelity. And I'm like, really? I've been funding private jails? I mean, do they mm-hmm. supposed to tell you? Isn't this something you're supposed to tell the person? You, you would know, think. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. I ended off with this. You know, most, they say most of the people, most of the employees that are probably unaware that their pensions are tied to prisons. And it's hard to say that these are, quote, unquote, bad investments from a purely capitalistic perspective. But since these prisons are making money hand over fist, the private prison industry is entrenched in our society. And the only way to make sure that we're not individually and collectively profiting off of it is to close these things. Yeah, true. Yeah. But they make um, way too much money. And, and, and my biggest take is how they make it so much money, but yet there's so many ghettos. There's so many schools that doesn't can't afford books. And it's all almost like they could give a damn about that. I don't want to hear no more. We don't have money. We can't afford this. When you're making, what, what was it, $20 million a month or something on prisons? It's, it's insane. And it, it, it yeah, really sits so, in my uh, stomach. There's no, no excuses no more. I don't want to hear <laughs> there's, it. There's no, there's no money in, uh, in helping urban urban you know, urban decay. Why, the, why would we do all that for? Yeah, exactly. No, it, 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 there's, there's money in keeping the urban decay. Not yeah, yeah, like, yeah that's my man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. That's why I get I guess that's why it's like that. They needed to be like that to have people stressed out and go crazy and come right to us, get locked up, and let's let's get a Ferrari off your behalf. That's just ridiculous, man. Yeah, yeah pretty much, man. Nuts. But also yeah, it goes nuts. back to the, the <laughs> fact again, as it's been, you know, repeatedly say it's like you have to understand the system before you can do anything to change it. A lot of people are like, well, I don't got time for politics. I got to put food on the table. I got this work. I got my second job, da, 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 da. Not realizing that's exactly what they want it to be. That's exactly so what they want, man. We had, we had 130 million people vote this last election for president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's still, that's still less than a third of the population. And it was less than, I think, 40%, 30% of the people that actually could vote. So it's like when you have a, you know, most people... <laughs> they got it to people's heads where they're just like, yeah, don't worry about that shit. We'll figure it out. You know, unless it adversely affects you, then you're like, oh, I got to pay attention. You know, yeah, it's almost like they give you just enough where you don't open up your eyes. Just enough of the pie. If you want to call it a piece of the pie, maybe a crumb of the pie. And I guess that is enough for people to say, you know what? I'm all right. Like you say, I'm good. Yep. Symbolic. I'm but, good. That's, but that's why you have symbolic victories as opposed to regular victories. I had a really yeah. good um, Michael Eric Dyson. It was a roundtable with Tavis Smiley and Cornell West. But he was going off and he was saying how 
he supported Obama, but the one thing Obama didn't do was, mm -hmm. and, I, and I've said this before, is like he didn't do a black people bill, a bill specifically for the people of black people. Because, you know, gays and lesbians, they need something. All right, Obama did a bill to end discrimination for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mexicans didn't deport it. All right, let's try to do the Dreamers Act so we can help the Mexicans. And so each, each different minority group got something, but his argument was saying that black, uh, Obama's uh, excuse of, well, I'm doing stuff for everybody. I'm not the president of black people, I'm doing stuff for everybody. And then black people get helped from there too, which is only, you know, fair to say it happens a little bit, not too much. Yeah, but I will say though he's fighting against the Senate, a House. That's a lot of, lot of head, lot of last yeah. bosses in that in that room, man. <laughs> yeah, and actually, you know what? The one the one analogy I like that he said he was like the one thing that people have to realize is like, uh, Obama's not an MLK type figure. You know, mm -hmm. Obama's Obama's basically Jackie Robinson. So we need to wait yeah. for Hank Aaron to come through after. <laughs> good point. Yeah, and I like that. And I was like, that's actually a pretty good way to look at it because. Obama's necessarily not the best, you know, well, most woke black person that could be in this office, but he was the one that was the most palatable for other people to vote. Well, for. after Trump, we, we might not get that for four hundred years, man. So yeah, I mean that's actually, Trump messed it up for all of that. True. Trump, yeah, I mean, they're not having no more of this. Like this is the only job where you you don't need a resume. I don't understand that. It's the only job you don't need no resume. You got money, I right, come run for office. I go to Kmart, you need a resume and a background check. President of the United States, you can have anybody. I just don't understand that. Uh, that's things that make you go, hmm. And that was and that and this is one of them. Donald yeah. Trump is running for the the the, the commander in chief. Give me a break, man. Kanye, run for president, man. We can get in. <laughs> yes, now I I believe it now. Kanye can get in. Kanye can get in. It's not that far fetched, man. If we entertain people like Trump. Yes, and his his uh, blatant in your face truth of how he really feels about yeah. racist ethnicities. You know, um, it seems, but it, it it almost seems this is too unreal to have yeah. someone so blatant, so foul, actually be taken seriously. Because there was a I seen something on I don't know if it was John Stewart or something, and then the guy goes to the Trump rally. And they said, what if Trump says the N-word, would you still vote for him? Or he grabs people by the pussy, quote, unquote, would you still vote for him? They was like, oh, you know, that's locker room talk. Or, you know, yeah, I would still vote for him. It's wrong, but I still vote for him. I'm like, is this the society that we live in that you hate the opposition so much that so you're, willing much. To, you're willing to overlook rape, like rape, overlook such foul manners from an individual who believes and certain things that the whole a majority of the country shouldn't believe in, and it's not right to to vote for this individual, but your stubbornness chooses otherwise. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. And, and, and I think also too, I think the what that's why I was talking. To people, you got to read, read. You know, a sane Trump supporters' reasoning. Mm -hmm. You're not going to agree with it, but at least you can kind of come from where they're <clears throat> they're coming from. I haven't seen a sane Trump supporter. <laughs> Me either. I have. I, read, I, 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 read it I, I haven't seen one either. I ain't going to lie. I haven't seen one either. <laughs> Every Trump supporter I've seen is drunk and wild, man. To, either trying to bully the opposition or they don't, you know, I don't want to assume, but they just don't seem educated. And seem you know, it's like, well, I think also, too, the one big thing is the Trump has galvanized the, the, 
the you know they what they call themselves the silent majority. Yeah. Um, more just so that people now have a, a place to kind of be uh, you know themselves. Like they already felt like this, but they just didn't really get to say it out loud. Now Trump's kind of ticking that over. But the other thing too that I was telling people is like I'm actually more concerned about the copycats that the the you know the Trump juniors that are going to come out and run for Congress and run for local local and uh, you know local government for governorships like all those things. Yep. And you know what's funny, fellas? That tied in the show into what Trump is doing. How the show, how they show how they you know have a description of black like we're animals, we're not, we're 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 just dangerous. And what's the number one thing? Trump says about blacks, when you go to the corner store, you might get shot. When It's like you're already telling the world that that's all we are is just murderers and don't have no sense. And then you top it off and says, what do you have to, what the hell do you have to lose? Really? Like you can, like, like Cam says, you can just say these things and people, yay, USA, USA. So we're not part of that USA. It's like you're telling us blatantly, y'all not with us. Just because y'all live with us, just because y'all pay rent, doesn't mean a goddamn thing when shit's gonna get real. And Trump, literally, I gotta thank him. He's he opened up the doors all the way now. Yeah, I mean, Obama. I think Obama don't exist. You can't tell me that. Yeah, I think Obama was the one that kind of opened up those doors first. Because now people could be like, "Oh, I hate the president, aka hate black guy," but you know, I could just say president instead. He denounced the president that he's black, that he's from America. Like, yep. who who does that? Like, <laughs> yo. Well, I, I don't know, man, because like you, it's it's getting to the point where it's almost farce because you have like Republican people on the Republican side. Like, I was reading about uh, Anna Navarro. She's a strategist, and she was the one that was famous for saying pussy on TV. Yeah. But she's been opposing Trump from the get go. You know, I mean, if you got people from your own political party cutting it out and not really Giuliani was behind him, not so much now. Uh, Paul Ryan back and forth. What's the other guy? Um, the heavy set individual who didn't really say any, he didn't really support Trump, but he was at the rally at the RNC. Is it you know, no, or, or Chris Christie, Chris oh, Christie. Christie. Yeah, uh, so people have been flip flopping in them, like, and then you got. After the whole grab by the pussy comment, you got Flotus and Potus getting up on there, giving empathetic speeches about this is who you want to elect to hmm. lead the country. And what makes Not- it funny, I love seeing black politicians that support him, black Trump supporters on CNN, literally just supporting this man. I'm like, that check, that check that good? Like, cool. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, but they coons, man. You can't. <laughs> you can't pay me enough. <laughs> yeah, like I, I said, gotta, man. I but, but again, all all this distraction is is all there because, like, you know, once this is all over, whatever, tr- say Trump loses, you know, he'll make his Trump TV or his media, uh, you know, mm-hmm. conglomerate. Or if Trump wins, that'll be more even more crazy because then. Okay, a guy that didn't really care about really running the pre- uh, country, he just really wanted just to win. Man, if Trump if Trump wins, it'd be like the chickens coming home rules. And yeah. there's a there's yeah. a small, slight. I want to see the city type burn if he gets elected because I want to see it. And I told I want to see I told you so, and don't ever do this again type of deal. Learn your lesson. Yeah, but at the, pretty much. But at the same it's, time, he is so far. I think so far. This was set up to me, man. Like. Hillary's camp, the DNC, had a 
quote unquote trump card with the whole video coming out <laughs> yeah. you know this was they already knew they was about to body him you know this is the easiest victory but it's also one of those things where it's like you know you know this is who you get when you uh don't appreciate what you have type of a situation mm-hmm. to me this just shows unfortunately i'm unfortunately man but damn it you got that color skin, you could go a long way. And you could call it harsh, but god damn it, if a man like Trump could insult how many how many race it's just it's just so much disrespect. And how can a man be the commander in chief of the free world? I don't understand that whatsoever. You can't sit here and tell me, well, he's a good businessman. Motherfucker, what does yeah. that gotta do with being a president of the United States of America? Like it just yeah, man. There's a lot. It's a wake up call. It's a wake up call, man. If I was teaching history right now or civics in high school, it'd be a super interesting thing to teach because you have to balance out the well. You know, he's qualified. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you know, he doesn't. I don't know. It's it's it's. It almost seems like it was like, all right, here's the worst. Now choose the alternative. They forced us to. Ch- we as a as a as a country are so sickened by Trump. It's like okay, we gotta vote for the alternative, and that's the fallacy. Mm-hmm. We all, most of the people yeah, that understand I mean, politics yeah, know that there's more than just two political parties. Of course, but they force us in the corner to say we gotta vote for Hillary, although she we know she's not the best candidate mm-hmm. for the job. Yep, she has her flaws too. She's ain't she? She's not sweet. There ain't no sugar on her neck. But you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. But that's why I always encourage people to <clears throat> look a lot more into their local politics and everything else because the Trump uh, distraction is going to distract you from all, like, <clears throat> the Senate and the House of Reps in play. Most of the governorships in the United States are all Republican. Like, there's all this shit that's been going down um, why people just pay attention to the, yeah. you know, the, the bigger things. But, Cam, even in sports, I didn't see more – I don't see coaches, people not capping it, but nobody knocks nobody knocks Trump for what he says. That's what tells me that this racism is real. I don't see so much ignorant comments on Kaepernick. It's ridiculous. And all he did was take a knee. He said no words. He just took a knee and and, and, and I'm 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 exercising my rights. And this man got destroyed. Like he is a cancer to the world. How could you do this? How could you not stand up for America? This man literally said. What the hell do you have to lose, black people? You go to the grocery store and you get shot. But nobody, I don't see the same people who not Kaepernick, not Kim. It's like, yo, it is such an eye opener, man. Like, it's just, it's gotten to the point, like, I don't know who to trust anymore. I, I, I just don't anymore. Sorry to say, man. I, 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 it's just crazy, man. I don't know what to think anymore. I really don't. And I, and I will never. I will. I'll say it on table of truth. My son and me will never pledge to that pledge allegiance to that to this country. Never, ever, ever, ever. My son will never know that song. He that forefather shit. He's gonna know who the first Knicks were in '95 before he knows who the first the forefathers <laughs> was. He'll know who Patrick Ewing is before he knows who Abraham Lincoln is. And I and I promise you that y'all could, people could criticize me. He will know who Ewing is before that. Before he'll know who Lincoln is. Quote me on that. I'm not gonna sit here and and, and teach lies and, and force force not. We're not doing that no more. We're not doing that no. More. For me, that's just me, fellas. Yeah, well, that's a that's a good way to you know. 
I'm not. Like you're, you're out in Virginia, so you're in a more of a battleground state. So you actually taking more of a stand and yeah, um, talking to people around you and that kind of stuff actually makes way more sense than yeah. um, us. That's in California and in New York, where it's pretty much already. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a Clinton supporter. He knocked on my door, and we signed up to help out volunteer and had a good talk. And it's it's, it's real, man. Like I had. We have, oh, especially down here, have to get involved because, like you said before, Virginia is such a key state. Like it's so important down here, and I don't take it. I can't take this for granted, man. Like whatever I can do, I'm doing it because this man gets into office. Jesus, man. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but all this, all this freaking patriot shit, I'm I'm done with all of that, man. You, I I told my uncle that he's in the navy, retired. We had a good talk, and I was like, "Man, I will never join no navy." No disrespect to you, people who die for this country, but not me. I, I, I take my chances. Like, nah, I'm good, and I can say that proudly. I didn't even hesitate when I told him that, and he's retired. I said, "Yo, I will never have my my son join no military. We're not fighting for this country. Hell no. Hell no." <laughs> but and you you get mad at me, you get mad at Trump for what he says. That's my that's my counter. <laughs> No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just got to keep it 100, man. Um, all right. Well, let's go to wrap it up and give everybody their final words. Oh, homie, let's, uh, let's uh, say, let's talk about that Solange album real quick. Let's oh, yeah, you're right. I almost forgot about that. I didn't want yeah. it. Well, you know what? Leave that because I did not listen to it more than the remix. Well, you, go first. you go first, Ken, since you got a good intake on the album. Because for me, I like it. It's so full. I'm, 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 I'm loving it. I like I like that. Well, I mean, it's it's not more of an intake. It's just you know, there. As a, I'm a fan of music first and foremost, uh, and I love both artists uh, for what they both both bring to the table. Um, in my humble opinion, I think if you're a female, more females gravitate to Beyonce because of who she is, who she represents, um, what she brings to the table, entertainer, she's powerful, she's a strong black woman. Um, and all that encompasses with be Beyonce and the Beehive. And then you have Solange. Um, until recently, she's more known as the lesser known Noel sister, you know, the, the artsy sister, quote unquote. Um, but I think as a black male, like we had talked about this earlier, I've never bought a Beyonce album, but I appreciate some of her music. I think some of her music is dope, but I never, it never captured, like I was more Alicia Keys than Beyonce. Um, but what got me with Solange is when she did an, a video in Africa talking about the African fashion style. She spoke to me in ways that I gravitated to as an African-American male, but I also felt that like she was dope artistically, and I thought she pushed the boundaries of her music a little more artistically than her famous sister did. And she just came out with a new album uh, that was really, 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 really soulful. Really captured the spirit of kind of what not what black people was going through, but like it captured the essence of that movement, that soul movement, that 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 new new soul. And it's a refreshing voice. And then after hearing various artists such as Kate Trinata remix, one of her songs, Cranes in the Sky, made me appreciate it even more. 
So I think she has a, a, a awesome, awesome, awesome album. And I, you know, when people don't buy music nowadays, I think this is one of those albums people should go out and buy and let it play. Well said, I agree. And I'm still playing it now, so I can't really give it an in-depth review. But I, yeah. so far, I'm loving it. I mean, she has a song <laughs> called Don't Touch My Hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as I used to have hair. Well, I have hair, but when I have my fro, Mm-hmm. That was like, I, <laughs> I can empathize, you know? So, and I put on, uh, I, I made a joke on Twitter. I said, Kool-Aid is greater than lemonade, you know? So that was my little, my little jab towards <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But it wasn't, it wasn't really a dig. And, you know, I had some of the members of the Bayhive come at me, but I, I stayed in my case and they, they, they understood it. It was, they understood it? Tongue, okay. yeah, it was tongue in cheek, you know, because I respect Beyonce. I rocks with her. She has a formation. She does a lot of good things with her stuff musically. But to me, I, I was, you know, a little tongue in cheek wordplay. It was like Kool-Aid greater than lemonade. And I also Ooh. made a joke. If Jay-Z had a clap back, we call Arno Palmer. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> But yeah. nah, that's what I keep hearing good things about it. Everybody that's uh, of the musical of the musical variety, whether they're journalists and all of them, all gotta give it a thumbs up. It's, a, it's some dope stuff. I definitely need to check it out. Yep. And um, which is good because it's been a good year for music. So it's, I'm glad it's gonna end strong. I think so, it's been a great year. Yeah, for it's music, been a great year for music. Heck yeah, about time. So yeah. no, I think it's gonna be, uh, and we still got a couple more things coming too. So I think it should be interesting. So. We get stuff. Most definitely, most definitely. I just wanted to touch on that for all the people out there. Go buy our album. It's awesome. Yes, it's yeah, very it's like good. Number, number one in the chart right now, right? Mm-hmm. Very good album, man. Look at that. Number one, no promotion. Go ahead, girl. Holla. Um, all right, Ant, want to do your final words? Yes, my final words, connecting back to the 13. Mom, I wanted to say this for the final word. The main thing they talked about as well, on the process of locking up so many um, black men, a lot of families have been broken and a lot of kids grew up with our fathers. And me being a father, I took that very personal. And that that pretty much put me into tears because when I see the pictures they showed them, you know, a lot of young kids grew up without dads or without a father figure. And that is very, it's really impactful, man. Like you really need a, a, a male influence in your life if, if you're blessed to have one. And to see so many men were locked up and so many broken families. It's almost like, like we said, they, they, they're playing, they're playing dice with us, man. And that's, it's, it's, that's a scary, it's a scary feeling that, you know, a lot of it's, they, they, it's like they're guaranteeing that a young black kid is going to grow up to be a criminal and to see one in one in three homes, you know, one person out of three will be in jail is, is, is very real and scary at the same time. So I, I suggest all, Everybody who watches, have your nieces, your nephews, your sons, let the young generation see this, man, because they have to know the importance of a father figure in a family, man, a household. So that's my final word. All right. Amen to that. Um, I guess my final word is kind of two-part, and it's going to be quick. Um, side note, I think 13th should be shown in every educational institution mm-hmm. uh, statewide. But on a deeper note, uh, Haiti had a tragedy, and this is more of a, uh, a, a a perspective from all the social media 
networks and all of my not my friends but everybody else's friends where's the, the pray for haiti where's the avatar changes for haiti mm. where's the empathy and help for haiti i don't see that why there's all these other social media science experiments where everybody flips the avatar when there's a tragedy and it's almost kind of cliche-ish or when it's the lbgt like whatever happening which is fine you know but you know, like I was like, when did everybody become so woke on this issue and not woke on the other? You know, yeah. like Haiti's Don't no different. Shoes. Yeah. yeah, Haiti's no different. They need help. Um, and I implore anybody that is able to help thy fellow man or woman in a distraught country that needs our help and assistance, you know. But yeah, it, it was just funny. And I saw no coverage nobody do anything on the Haiti. And I made a comment. I was like, what's, what happened? We had to pray for this, pray for that bucket challenge, this bucket challenge that, but this is a real tragedy right here happening in Haiti and no one's paying no attention. And I just yep. found that kind of eye. Yeah. Shout out to Roberto. Cause he out there going hard out there for Haiti, man, for his country. I was going to say more. It's, um, along the lines of that, where right now we're in a we're in a state of wokeness, quote unquote, as people like to call it these days. <laughs> um, personally, it's really annoying to me just because, like, for someone that actually pays attention all the time to now see like the lightweight attention that people are trying to, like you said, pick and choose what they want to be woke about. And so, you know, they want to have an opinion about Birth of a Nation and Nate Parker, but they're not going to say anything about Haiti, or they want to have an right. opinion about the dumb shit that Trump said. They're not even listening about what's happening in Aleppo and Syria and all the shit that's going on over there. So it's like, I, it's cool that people are like finally at least paying attention on a better, a better situation, but it's one of those things where they kind of need to pay attention to all things so they have a better understanding of just the world in general. And then, plus, it'll help help them be a little bit more informed of what's actually going on so that you don't get really, you get don't get outraged at the latest Trumpism that he does, but then you also get <clears throat> find out or understand that America just sanctioned uh, bombings in Yemen right now. And so, like, there's a bunch of stuff going on in Eastern Europe that's, like, oh, yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, not to mention, all the um, the House of Reps and Senators, they're up for re-election this year in your own local neighborhood. And so, like, more than just the Trump and Hillary stuff, like, shit might go down, man. Like, Democrats yeah. might actually take over the House of Reps. And, and you, need to know, you need to know who the hell they are, yep. Exactly. And on top of that, not to mention all the, the freaking rank, you know, random ass laws that people are trying to ram through, uh, ram through without you looking because you're paying attention to all the Hillary and Trump stuff. That's so right. Good point. It's one of those things where it's like it's cool to be woke or whatever, but it's just like if you're gonna do, if you're gonna be woke, just be woke on all levels. And just on like, all you know, levels, man. Yeah, pay attention, man. There's so much stuff going on in the world, and of course, you know, everyone got their own lives and that and stuff. But also, it's just like you know, if you're gonna comment on stuff, just have a little bit more of an uh, education about what's going on. Because I think the even even when Jennifer Anderson was talking about how people people are, are talking about this Brangelina shit when hey it just happened at that same time, and she was like, "What the fuck are you guys two asking me about an ex from ten years ago when there's other <laughs> shit going on? It's way more important." Yeah. Hey, just, hey, when she said that, I, I said, "You know, this fix her play to the cookout." She was like, <laughs> "Yo, it's almost like more people will talk about Kardashian getting kicked robbed." Ransom, mm-hmm. then they'll talk about something that's in real life, and that's and that's yeah. a good point. So it's like I don't want to hear you don't have time because everybody has five mm-hmm. minutes 
All it takes mm-hmm. is Google what's going on in the world. Just type that. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all it really comes down to. So, I mean, you know, it's cool to be woke, but just, like, make sure you actually just really actually pay attention because there's more to life than just the stuff that's happening just to black people. There's a lot of shit going on to us, but there's also other things going on in the world that are going to affect us on a larger scale. And so, and there's, like, and on top of that, there's a super massive offensive going on in Iraq now. They're trying to move on ISIL. Like, there's so much, like, International shit is going on at the same time, like along with what's going on in Haiti too. So it's like, and with, for, and with an election in three weeks, like the, these next three weeks, yo, shit is going down. Like you yeah, said, man. ISIS, everything is tying in, and then I'm telling you, like this next, hey, this next three weeks is going to be crazy. Yeah, pay attention. Attention. Pay, awesome. Yes, because this election, that November eighth, that's going to be a very serious and scary day. Yep, just pay attention. That's all, that's all, all I want to tell people is just pay attention. It's not yeah. too hard. So, but all right, you know what? Everybody, thanks for listening to us. As always, you're ranting about randomness. We're trying to get back to our regular schedule. We'll get there. We're not going to promise nothing because we, we don't want to lie. So, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna do baby steps. We'll get there, though. We'll get, we'll get there. there. When we get there, you're going to enjoy every show, man. We keep it in 100, man, like we normally do. And I want to say, you know, Rosario, when I see you, <laughs> just, 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 just remember, you, you favor my tweet, baby girl. I love you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and I'm sorry, y'all, that we come out with more funny stuff. But the way the world is right now, sometimes we just, unfortunately, we just gotta stay political and serious because these things right now, I think a lot of people need to hear. But we'll get back to the entertainment part soon. True, true on that. All right, this is the Table of Truth, and we are out. One, peace. You can listen and download to all of our episodes of The Table of Truth on iTunes. Just search The Table of Truth Podcast.